0: D-Dog's award-winning barbecue rubs put the perfect balance of spicy and sweet on your ribs, chicken, all beef and pork, and more. Whether it's slow-cooked barbecue, or grilled steaks and burgers, or soups, vegetables, or anything else from your kitchen, D-Dog's award-winning rubs make good food great. Four flavors, original, maple, apple, and peach, each made from the freshest, all-natural ingredients. Order yours today at www.ddogsbarbecue.com. That's D-D-O-G-S-B-B-Q.com. D-Dog's Barbecue Rubs. It's better than ketchup. This is Jim Minion from Loose Crews. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. Coming up next on the Barbecue Central Show. You know, I mean, they're good cooks, so they would have been there to begin with.
1: Uh, I guarantee I can cook better barbecue than Sarah Horowitz, period. (laughs) I've never competed once, but I guarantee I can.
0: Welcome to Barbecue Central, the show where we talk about all things important to the world of barbecue. From big-named interviews to advice on cooking brisket and ribs, you'll find it all right here inside Barbecue Central. If you're interested in learning more about barbecue, feel free to visit our website, at www.bbq-the numeral 4-the letter u.com. Get connected to the best barbecue forum on the internet. And now, here's your program host, Greg Rempe. Thank you, Jim Morgan, and welcome to Barbecue Central, a show where we
1: talk about all things important in the world of barbecue wherever you are across the globe certainly appreciate you taking time out to join me today i'm going to be joined by mike davis pitmaster of the Lotte barbecue team and current kcbs team of the year mike has been competing under a bull since 1999 and he has a number of wins to his credit to include multiple wins at the american royal He's taking time out of his schedule to join me this afternoon mike welcome to barbecue central thanks for having me Greg. mike could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself personally and then we'll go ahead and actually get into the barbecue stuff
2: well, yeah, I guess so. We're probably. Uh, let's see. I'm about uh, forty nine years old, I think, something like that. Been married for thirty years. Have a uh, wonderful daughter, two grandsons, another grandbaby on the way that we're pretty, we're pretty stoked about.
1: Congratulations! Uh,
2: thank you. I tell you, being grandkids is the greatest thing in the world. I know people say they should have had them first, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad we didn't
1: have them first. But man, they're they're pretty cool. How were you first introduced to barbecue? I guess we first first introduced to barbecue probably
2: just by eating barbecue and and uh, kind of intrigued about it, you know. And I thought that, you know, what, what you go to, to the restaurant or the barbecue place, you know, back in, in times past, was pretty good stuff. But, you know, you just think in your mind, hey, I could do better than that, you know. And and uh, one thing leads to another, and that that's kind of what uh, that's kind of where we came from. You know, we came up. Uh, uh, my brother-in-law and I built our first. Barbecue pit, and actually, we competed together for three or four years, and uh it was quite a learning experience for us. That's uh, we thought we were going to go, you know, just kick butt, take names, first contest we ever went to, and that was uh, a whole different story there because we ended up about three o'clock in the morning, everything was done, no way to hold nothing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Everything kinda of either burned burn up or or just was was ice cold. We just didn't we didn't have any kind of plan, know what we were getting into that uh, uh we'll never forget those days, I'll tell you for sure. We come a long way from that.
1: What year was that when you started?
2: Nineteen ninety four, when we actually cooked our first contest. Uh, and didn't cook another one until that contest again the next year, uh, in ninety five, and that's what got it all started for us.
1: So is that when you actually formed a lot of bull and started competing or two different we were, things? We, we were cooking under a different team
2: name. Uh, he and I were, and we did that for a couple of years. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, you know, uh, everybody thinks that theirs is always better. So we decided to, uh, mutually, we decided to go next year as two different teams and split off and and do that. Uh, still kept a little peace in the family that way, so... But I thought mine was better, he thought his was better, and
1: luckily we worked that out.
2: Yeah, he's a great guy, and I'd still cook with him again today, but I just want to turn mine instead his. his. So.
1: How many events are you competing in during the course of the year as a lot of
2: we try to compete upwards of 40 contests a year. We've been very fortunate for my work to coincide with that a lot to allow me to do that. You know, competing against 40 contests a year, you know, you're looking at, you know, 40,000-mile-plus, you know, that we put on a motorhome, uh, still maintain a full-time job. So. so it gets pretty hectic sometimes.
1: Are they all KCB events, or do you switch off into some other segments?
2: We used to do some other... Uh, took some other sanctioning bodies. In the last few years, that's all we've done is just KCBS.
1: Any particular reason? We like the consistency
2: uh, that's associated with KCBS. Uh, I know there's a lot of things going on now with the judging and all this kind of stuff, but still, I think, by and large, uh, KCBS has got the best program out there. Uh, We feel like when we go into a contest that uh, we know where we stand before we start. Um, and we we know that that when it's all said and done, at the end of the day, then we got a fair shake, and that's that's what's important to us.
1: Besides yourself, who makes up a lot of bull barbecue? I guess uh, my biggest uh,
2: partner in a lot of Bull Barbecue would be my wife Debbie, my lifelong soulmate. We've been married 30 years now, and I just couldn't imagine doing this without her. She uh, plays a, a whole lot bigger part in this than she than she cares to let on, like uh, mainly because I rely on her so much uh, for a lot of things. Uh, when I'm working, she makes sure we're ready to go. Uh, when we get to a contest, you make sure that certain things happen. And uh, it, it's a partnership, you know, not only in the, not only our marriage, but our cooking and our life and uh, everything. The only other partners we have on the team is uh, our two miniature schnauzers that travel everywhere with us, that's Taggy and Gabby. So they they know their part as well. So.
1: They're the ones that are choosing the turn in, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's really kind of strange, you know. But but the dogs are a lot smarter than people give them. Some people give them credit for. But uh, when we do our turn-ins, they're completely out of the way. Uh, they never they never bother us. They never bark during turn-ins. But as soon as she cut the brisket, and she leaves with the brisket, leaves with the brisket tray for turn-in, they come see me because they know that's when they get the sample.
1: <laughs> Is there any significance to the name Laudable or how did you come up with that?
2: Uh, that was actually Debbie's choosing. Uh, the name was, um, uh, she tells people that just, it just fits. If you just know him, it just fits. We actually saw that name on a, on a cafe over in Oklahoma and she looked at me and she said, that ought to be your name. And it just kind of stuck from there. So.
1: so you've been competing since 1999 under a lot of bull, right? That's um, correct. Uh-huh. You go on your website, you can see that you've you know, amassed a, a number of awards, a lot of big name awards, too, as far as cookoffs are concerned. In 2006, you snagged Team of the Year honors at the KCBS. You'd been pretty close in a number of years prior and right. finally were able to, to get to the top of the board. What kind of uh, accomplishment is that to you guys?
2: Well, that to me, you know, that's kind of the ultimate for us. Um, you, you take the number of teams that compete in a year's time um, and, and you can end up on top of that list. You know, that's just, man, it's just an unbelievable feeling it really is uh just just having that title, knowing that you were able to accomplish that is just more than any one person could understand until they've been there as far as the American role and stuff goes you know that uh uh there again though that's a winning among your peers, especially in the Invitational. that that that's a wonderful feeling. I wish that everybody could experience that because uh, uh, when you make that last walk to the stage and you look up and everybody you cook against all year long, they're all there, you know, clapping and cheering you on. That's that's, it's just an unbelievable feeling.
1: Yeah, it was a point that I wanted to make because it, it seems like you have actually had quite a bit of success at that competition in American Royal, which some would consider to be, you know, the most prestigious or definitely the toughest to cook at uh, due to right. the amount of uh, competitors there. And right. you've won the open division twice, the invitational once, and been reserve grand champion in the invitational as well. That is quite an accomplishment.
2: It, it is quite an accomplishment. I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what we did to do that, other than just being consistent with everything we do. Uh, we we do the same thing every time. Uh, we try not to ever vary from that. I don't know. I guess the good Lord smiled on us one more time and we go there.
1: So. <laughs> Now, as a lot of award-winning KCBS cooks do uh, that are on the circuit, they give cooking classes. Um, Certainly, you're no different. You're giving cooking classes July 7th and 8th in Massachusetts, and then again uh, the same month, 28th and 29th in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Correct. First, what's the fee associated with your class, and what can we expect to learn from it? And then, secondly, what separates your particular class versus others that are existing?
2: Let me start with uh, the New England class that's going on up there. We feel like Debbie and I feel like barbecue has been so good to us. We actually get to give back at times, um, and, and this is one of those times. We we uh, partnered up with New England Barbecue Society to do one in Massachusetts. This is actually a a benefit for them for them to be able to make money as an organization. I think the fees Steve is charging or New England is charging for that is like 350, 300 to 350. I'm not sure. The biggest part of that money stays in New England. Saying that, that gives back uh, to them. That helps them raise a little money to continue their efforts up there in barbecue, the class that we do. Now the the class in in New England also is I go in and teach the prep. In the technique of how I do things, and then those people get to cook on their own cookers, and I'll help critique that as their cooking process goes through. And then we do a normal KCBS turn in up there. The class that I teach in Lynchburg, people get to see me actually cook a contest. I start it from the time I get there until the time that I do my prep all through the night, what I do. And then actually do the turning, David teaches the presentation of the the box all the way to where we cut the meat, we put it in a box, and we close the lid and we're three so it's just like being at an actual contest uh for us, the class that's going on in Lynchburg, so we're pretty stoked about that. The first class went over exceptionally well, uh we've seen a lot of uh uh people that were in the class, our teams that were in the class, in fact, even this past weekend, you know we get to clap and watch those people. Move up in their standing, so to speak, by making walks to the stage that they didn't get to make before. And I tell these people, you know, that when you go, I go, because I'm not like there with you. I'm just proud as they are when they get to make that walk to the stage, especially ones that haven't been able to make it before. The only thing we're doing, and we tell people up front that all I'm going to teach you is a technique. I've giving away the recipes. You still have to put the flavor profile to it. And when I get ready to quit, then I'll give the flavor profile. But right now, it
1: ain't coming out. Close to the vest. (laughs) (laughs) What do you cook on in competitions?
2: We cook on a uh, built by Jamie Gear. The pit's probably, I guess it's 13, maybe going on 14 years old right now. Jamie Gear is is an excellent, excellent barbecue cook in his own right. Uh, I think to make a pit that cooks, you have to be a cook to know how it works, uh, and Jamie's that person. Jamie, Jamie beats all I've ever seen. I mean, he can. Don't ever let him taste your product because he tell you what you're doing with it. Uh, it's an extraordinary uh, sense of taste, and uh, is very, well, very good at figuring out what you're doing to something so it, it takes a good cook to build a good pit and like i said Jamie's is that person uh there's a mystique around those pits uh that people don't really understand until you just get inside one and look and see how it's built
1: during competitions do you use your own rubs and sauces yes i do
2: use my own rubs and sauces are they for sale oh absolutely uh, everything we all our rubs and sauces are for sale on our website uh, and we've just upped, the, uh, got it now where we can sell some in bulk in case squawky, So that that's helped a lot.
1: It's part of the conversation that I always enjoy asking the the competitors I interview. Uh, first off, do you inject butts and brisket for competition, and why or why not?
2: <laughs> I guess uh, I guess you might say I'm a purist because I don't inject any <laughs> meat that I cook.
1: See, I'm always glad that I asked this because nobody has ever said that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of guys that do, and a lot of guys will beat me sometimes. But um, I, I like to—I pride myself on thinking that I can—I can drive the flavor into that meat without having to inject it through a needle.
1: A lot of the thought process that has been explained to me is that if you're not trying to go over the top, because you do have obviously a limited amount of time to impress a judge, and maybe one or two bites max to do it. But if you're right. not going over the top you're really not giving yourself a fair shot is that right. not something that you can necessarily subscribe to then when it comes to injection
2: no i don't think so i mean i i uh i kind of i kind of look at uh injecting is cheating i mean because i'm having in i would have to inject a uh, an artificial taste and i guess maybe i'm injecting i mean i'm cooking an artificial taste into it but i try to make all the rubs and the sauces complement the meat I, it, and I, and I think we do a pretty good job of that. I don't know. I just, uh, I'm not a fan of the needle. You know, I think I think that we are able to produce a consistent product. and You know, we don't go for first time. We're just trying to get a call. And if we can get four calls, then I feel like we've probably, we've done our job pretty well. If I can do that without injecting, that's what I want to keep
1: doing. Would you say that you're in the absolute minority by someone who is not injecting on a regular basis versus the guys that are out there doing it? Oh I think so yeah i I would venture to say that that 95 percent of the teams out there I would say ninety percent of the teams out there
2: are injecting something in are injecting at least one meat and some of, some of them have perfected it you know used to you could see you could see a brisket that had been injected and knew what happened to it and and now they've gotten smarter and figured out how to inject and not have that happen. So, you know, they work at that just like I work at not injecting.
1: Probably not as big a topic for the uh, the guys on the competition circuit, but definitely for the experts on the barbecue forums is cooking brisket fat side up or fat side down on your cooker. Mm-hmm. Where do you fall on that conversation?
2: I cook, I cook my fat side down.
1: Any particular reason?
2: I like, to, I like for it to be able to get a bark um, up on there. For me to do that, I had to cook it fat side down.
1: Do you cook whole packers or just flats for competition? I cook I cook whole briskets, huh? Do you separate the uh, point and the flat before you cook it all?
2: No, I cook it all together. I never I never separate the the point and the flat. I think that I think the point adds a, um, a a bit of moisture back to the whole brisket. That's why I like to leave it intact.
1: Do you foil it all during your cook on briskets? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think if I don't foil, then I'm going to have to trick
2: it 10 or 12 hours, and I don't want to do that. So, uh, basically, all the foil does is speed the process
1: up. Do you separate the flat from the point and then go on to make burn ends, or are you not a, a burn ends guy?
2: I'm not I'm not a burn-in guy. I like to eat them every once in a while. And, and you know, that's something I just never tried really hard to do, and I really should because I do enjoy them. Uh, I just never learned how to do it, so... Uh, I've had people tell me before, and I need to watch Phil Hopkins do it sometime because I hear he's a master at it.
1: I can give you fast Eddie's number, too. He seems to be pretty good at it. For new teams that are going to be on the circuit, what do you think the most common mistake is that they make right off the bat, and what advice would you have for them?
2: To be quite honest with you, the most common mistake that a new team makes they come into the contest with a good product, and they come in thinking, I'm going to walk away with this, and and not and sometimes they do. Don't get me wrong, but the the biggest problem is they they have cooked and listened to their their relatives, their neighbors, and, and man, this is the best stuff we ever had in our life. And and they're coming in this contest and they're feeling great. But a lot of times, what they get, the judging that they get, is not relatives. It's not you know their friends, and and they they don't score well. And the first thing that happens. Man, we finished fifty-two out of fifty out of fifty-four. What happened? They're bummed out, you know. They, they can't have that. You got you to gotta go into the contest thinking I'm just going to do the best I can do. But you, a lot of times they come into it and they're thinking I'm going to walk away with this, and that's so so not right to do. And I and I hate to see that because I see it all the time. You know, they talk about hey, man, I'm walking away with this thing. Well, okay, come on. And uh, it's really a letdown for them, and I I hate to see it happen to them because it does.
1: Would you recommend that they take cooking classes before they even bother jumping into a competition?
2: Yes and no. Uh, if the, if the attitude is right that they can they can go in and take that do that contest and then take uh, uh, some some constructive criticism, then they need to go ahead and do the contest. Uh, otherwise, they need to go and look for something. See what, see what some people are teaching out there. There's a lot of good classes out there that people can take that would, that would help tremendously before ever going to that first contest. Uh, so it's kind of it's a fifty fifty deal just depending on how their mindset is.
1: As a guy that strictly competes in Kansas City Barbecue Society events, what would you like to see changed, if anything, and then where would you like to see the KCBS in five or six years?
2: Well, I would like to see KCBS as uh, to stay on top of uh, where it can take barbecue as a sport. Um, I think right now that KCBS has is, is got the priorities all screwed up, uh, to be quite honest with you. Uh, maybe we need a marketing uh, firm to help do that. I'm not sure. Um, I'll tell you one thing, and I feel very strongly that they need to quit screwing with the scoring system. Just leave it alone. You know, and we've had some conversation about that with some of the people. And uh, I think I think that uh, KCBS is probably going to continue to be the leader, and I hope it is, uh, in the process of being the, the fastest growing sport in America. I watched the numbers come down on NASCAR a little bit uh but the numbers continue to climb on KCBS. so I think we're going to see more sponsorship opportunities for, for cooks and teams out there uh, that we've never seen before. Uh, I don't think we've even scratched the surface yet as to where this thing can go under the right leadership.
1: Are you not a sponsored team, Mike? No, I'm not a sponsored team. Would I
2: like to have one? You bet you I would. But uh, everything we do comes out of our own pocket.
1: Is it more difficult than I... Than I think to get some type of sponsorship to at least offset meat cost or uh, fuel cost or something like that.
2: Well, it has been for us. Uh, of course, we you know we haven't made a big pitch to to a lot of people out there. I, I'm kind of funny about that. I mean, you say meat sponsors, but you know I have certain meats that that I use that I buy certain brands. You know, and I just don't change those things and. Uh I don't know. We, uh, we hadn't had a lot of success with it, and but we hadn't pushed it all that hard either. So I think the time's coming. We're going to have to, but, or we would like to. I'll put it that way. So if there's any out there listening, yeah, we'd like to have some <laughs> sponsors. <tonight. All> right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> kind of switching gears a little bit, you participated and actually ended up winning the Barbecue Challenge Series that aired on the Versus Network over the summer. We did. Tell us about your experience, what you thought about that. <laughs>
2: Well, I tell people that was probably the most fun and the hardest thing that we've ever done in our lives. Uh, from from start to finish, we ran every gamut of emotion that uh, you could possibly think of. A lot of people didn't see on TV was uh, what actually happened uh, in that. I mean, you're watching uh, you're watching shot clocks, so to speak, count down on your time to turn in. Uh, getting products, different products at different times, cooking on different cookers. And, and uh, he, he don't, when we watch the, the shows on TV, it's just like we saw stuff we didn't remember doing. It, it reminded us, you know, about how long those days were and how short a period of time it actually was on TV and how much it was just jammed into that 44 minutes of airtime. time. It's just unbelievable. Uh, we had no idea. Of course, you know, we weren't the one before, the year before, and so we had a little bit of an idea of what was going on. But to do that and to look at all these other people, you know what I mean? They're good cooks, so they would have been there to begin with.
1: Uh, I guarantee I can cook better barbecue than Sarah Horowitz, period. <laughs> I've never competed once, but I guarantee I can. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh... Well, you know, as you know, you know, we competed against Sarah in the, in the final round and, uh, we just kept our head. Um, uh, you know, we, we kept everything throughout the contest. We kept it simple. We didn't try to, we didn't try to showboat. We tried to just, you know, do it just like we normally do things and, uh. Uh, you know, actually, we're pretty humble people. We don't get excited about a lot of stuff. And I don't know. That was probably, like I said, that was the hardest thing we ever did. But it was the most fun, I promise you. It, uh, you know, it, it paid off for us in the end. But just by keeping our head and trying to keep uh, things on an even keel, the consistency, again, is what got us through that. It wasn't uh, jumping up and uh, uh, making a big play on one deal. Uh, you'd be surprised how much your survival instincts kick in when you find stuff that you really don't know how to cook. People said, oh, he's lying. A lot of times I wasn't lying. I didn't have a clue. But you figure out what it takes to make it happen. Uh, And and I guess uh, that's what happened to us. When the survival instincts kicked in, you just do what you had to do.
1: You briefly mentioned how long the days were uh, just a little bit ago, but can you give us kind of an insider's look at – what you did during the course of the day and how long you were actually out cooking versus like you said what we actually got to see in the 44 minute clip on uh, on tv
2: oh yeah yeah see what the the there were actually two sets of cookings going on at one time this whole thing was shot in like six days in reno there were there were two separate cookings going on at one time one on the other side of the wall. Uh if you had the if you had a long cook and a short cook each day, cooking started at six o'clock in the morning with the first cook and then the second cook didn't finish that day until sometimes twelve one one thirty in the next morning before it was through. And if you advanced into the next round, you may have had to be back finish at one thirty and had to be back at six o'clock the next morning to start all over again. That's where it was tough because you didn't stay on site. You had to, they had to drive you out back to your motel room, and you get back up there. Of course, you shower, clean up, get in bed, and you barely close your eyes. It's time to get up and go again. So there, there was a lot of physically trying times involved with that as much as uh, the mental and emotional that went along with it as well because you, you never knew what you were going to cook. You knew you had the option to cook on your cooker on your first round, your first meat, uh, which we did on the first the first day, and in the uh, uh, second round, in the semifinal round, we opted not to cook on ours, but cook on another cooker, and as well, same thing in the uh, final round. Bold move.
0: Yeah, yeah. As I think
2: we we adapted pretty well because the the first the second day in the semifinal round, we went back to a backwoods cooker that we had cooked on the the round before. And then when it came to the final round, I knew the first meat was a whole hog. Well, what better to put that on than a Jack's old South hog cooker? Uh, We got that from Iron and James, and we used that.
1: What would you change about the show in order to make it better, in your opinion?
2: To be quite honest with you, uh, I'd like to see all barbecue cooks. Not so much on the culinary side. I don't, uh, not to take anything away from them. If we're going to have barbecue contests, let's cook barbecue. But that probably doesn't make good TV. You kind know, of like getting getting people out to watch you cook. Well, what's the fun of sitting around watching me cook, you know? To me, they ain't none.
1: I talked to Chris Lilly a couple of weeks ago about the TV show. Yeah, uh-huh. And the first time it aired over on OLN, there was quite a bit of footage actually you know, for us cookers that like to see that stuff, there seemed to have been more footage geared towards that portion of uh, of that series. And then over the summer, there seemed to be a lot more like hero and, and fluff type pieces. Would you like right. to see some type of a, a marriage of a better mix or would you like to always see more of the cooking side than you would, you know, the, uh, the hero shots?
2: I'd, I'd like to see more of the cooking side.
1: I really would. If you were offered the opportunity to go back, would you do it again? Absolutely. I think anybody that's offered... The opportunity to go
2: should take it and run with it. It's an experience they will never get anywhere else. Win, lose, or draw, I'd go back in a heartbeat.
1: Plus, you can parlay it into a TV career, right?
2: <laughs> well, that'd be nice, but...
1: Mike, <laughs> if people want to know a little bit more about of Bull Barbecue, where can they go to get all that information?
2: Well, I tell you they can uh, they won't know anything about us they can certainly go to our website lot you know we answer a lot of questions a lot of emails uh, on there don't don't ask for recipes you know to what we're doing today the contest circuit because we're not going to tell you but we'd be glad to help you with anything that we can
1: Mike Davis is the pit master for lot Bull barbecue current KCBS team of the year Mike I appreciate you coming on this afternoon talking to me about barbecue about the TV show. Thanks, Greg, we'll let this. We'd invite you to come back. If there's anything else you'd like to talk about, please feel free to give me a look up and we'll get you back on. Sounds good. Good luck, Mike, in your future endeavors. Thank you. Take care. Thanks again to Mike Davis for taking time out this afternoon to talk to me about barbecue, his competition experience, and the TV show. If you're interested in learning more about Bull Barbecue, you can visit their website at www.laudablebbq.com. There you can also find ways to get your hands on his rubs and spices. You can also find out the information on his cooking classes. Those dates again, July 7th and 8th of 2007 at Maynard Rod and Gun Club in Maynard, Massachusetts. And then again, July 28th and 29th at the Barbecue Hill Pavilion in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Visit laudablebbq.com to get all of your registration information. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to become a member of the Barbecue Central Forum, please visit our homepage at www.thebbqcentral.com and click on the Barbecue Forum button to get you started. We'd love to have you join the fun and camaraderie. Stay tuned for the D-Dogs Rub Spot on the Backside Jones. For Barbecue Central, this is your program host, Greg Rempe, saying so long,
0: everybody. D-Dogs award-winning barbecue rubs put the perfect balance of spicy and sweet on your ribs, chicken, all beef, and pork, and more. Whether it's slow-cooked barbecue or grilled steaks and burgers or soups, vegetables, or anything else from your kitchen, D-Dog's award-winning rubs make good food great. Four flavors, original, maple, apple, and peach, each made from the freshest, all-natural ingredients. Order yours today at www.ddogsbarbecue.com. That's D-D-O-G-S-B-B-Q.com. D-Dog's Barbecue Rubs. It's better than ketchup.